Welcome to the Glenelg Hopkins CMA podcast, a podcast giving you an insight to what happens behind the acronym GHCMA. Hi, I'm Liz Meacham. In this series, we're taking a look at what a catchment management authority does and giving you an insight into how we're protecting and enhancing the land, waterways and biodiversity of the Glenelg Hopkins region of southwest Victoria. In today's podcast, we're talking all about bitterns. We talked to project manager Jacinta, who explains the project behind finding these elusive Australasian bitterns. These shy, long-necked birds who sway with the rushes fly south for the winter each year from the New South Wales rice fields. Working with landholders, traditional owners, researchers and citizen scientists, Jacinta explains what's going on in the Glenelg Hopkins area to learn more about this bird who is often heard well before it's seen. Then we meet siblings Riley and Macy from Portland who noticed a weird noise coming from the swamp at the bottom of their garden. Sitting quietly in their cubby house, they discovered their wetland is home to not just one, but quite a few bitterns. And for the last couple of years, they've been actively reporting and recording them for our CMA project. So, Jacinta, can you tell me who you are and what you're doing with the bittern? Ah, yes, I'm, my name is Jacinta Hendricks and I work as the project manager for the bittern recovery project. And there are a few uh, components to that project. So we work with landholders to protect bittern habitat, so wetlands, by providing funding for often fencing, to keep stock off the wetland, a bit of weed control and obviously fox control because foxes are a big threat. We also work with Eastern Mar and Gundijmiring traditional owners. In some cases um, reedy wetland vegetation is very uniform. The traditional burning uh, that the rangers apply creates a cool mosaic burn which opens up the vegetation lets in some more light and actually um, encourages some different species to germinate and that in turn attracts some different food species for bitterns. We work with our partners Nature Glen Elk Trust um, on re-flooding some wetlands so wetlands that have drains through them and we're working in partnership with BirdLife to find out a bit more about bitterns in our region. So a lot of what we know is from New South Wales, from the Riverina, um, but we may have a resident bittern population in the southwest. We we actually don't know. So we're trying to find um, where the bitterns are, and they're they're booming in a lot of our swamps at the moment. And so. This is not a new project or is it a new project? How are you doing this project? (laughs) Uh, We're actually in year four of a five-year project. So it's been going for a while um, and it's been a really cool project. I've learned lots. 
I've gotten to work with some pretty amazing landholders and gotten to go to some pretty cool areas. So, And we are about to hear from a couple of children who have kind of accidentally found themselves as part of this project. So it's a bit eye-opening how sometimes when you think you know what you're going to do, how it suddenly the project pops up something quite unexpected. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. And, and also it, it really shows how important citizen science is. So these two kids um, live very close to wetland. Their cubby overlooks a wetland and they have provided me with photos. They've gotten engaged in uh, our bittern monitoring project um, where they record bittern booming sounds and um, yeah, confirm that they're booming and, and where they are. And landholders have actually really got on board with this, haven't they? We put some photos up earlier this year showing what bittern habitat looks like and suddenly a whole lot of farmers realise they might have bitterns on their farm. Yeah, it is, it is important that people start to recognise what sort of habitat um, bitterns occupy. And that is kind of reedy, watery, swampy type areas, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, swampy but not too deep. They like it around the 30 centimetres and not, not much deeper than that so that they can walk around and, um, and look for those frogs and fishes and reptiles as well sometimes, sometimes little mice. Um, and, and, yeah, lots of tall, dense reeds and rushes and sedges to hide in. They're very, very cryptic. So they're not easy to spot, but they're easier to hear, aren't they? Absolutely, yes. They are called the Boom King <laughs> because they're very loud. Yes, a very loud and deep boom, boom. And we will be trying to get some audio to put up on this so that people can recognise them. So thanks, Jacinta, and we'll go and meet our little citizen science people now. Fantastic. Thank you. Hi, guys. Can you tell me who you are? I'm Macy and I'm 12 years old. And I'm Riley and I'm 14. And we're in Portland and we're sitting in your cubby house. Why are we in your cubby house? What do you see from your cubby? Uh, lots of wildlife bitterns and um, swans. But it's the bittern that's actually really exciting that we're here to talk about. How did you know that you had a bittern in this swamp area that you look at? Um, so we'd been seeing them every now and then on and off for quite a while. And then Macy just went for a walk with the camera one day and came back with a photo of two bitterns, which is what we got fairly excited about and shared that and it's gone from there. So you guys watch your bitterns from your cubby house. How did you know it was special? Like, was it just that you hadn't seen them before or that you read something somewhere? How did you know that it was a special bird? Uh, we'd known that they were endangered and there wasn't many left around here and it was pretty cool, special that we had some of our swamp. Yeah, and so you're in contact with BirdLife Australia and the CMA. You now track your bitterns a bit, don't you, and log when you see them and when you hear them. Can you tell us a bit about what you do with that? 
Yeah, so for every sighting that we do, we record that on bird data, which is a mobile app. And then we have a bar monitor set up to record the booming call of the bitterns when they're breeding. So have you heard them booming? Uh, we haven't found any on the recordings yet, but we have heard them ourselves, so hopefully it's on there somewhere. Tell me, did it just? Did you just start hearing it a couple of years ago, or Macy, you said you were quite little when the noise started? Yeah, well, I can still remember nights in the, our barn when I was very little and there was big booms and I used to wonder what the noise was and we didn't know that there was a bittern in our swamp. We didn't know much about them then and... Uh, we used to wonder what the noise was, and the noise used to carry, and it was very, very loud. So it's not a quiet boom? No. No, no. And sort of echoes? Yeah. Yeah, we've known of people that live probably, yeah, a good kilometre away from here, and they could hear it clearly. Wow. So, yeah. And we're, we are actually in town sort of thing. Like, it's yeah. not like we're out in the middle of nowhere. No, we are still on the edge of the town boundary, so. Yeah. Yeah, we can hear some vehicles going past. They're obviously not worried about the vehicles no. around, and this is a bit of a safe haven for mm. them. Yeah. <laughs> so when you come down and watch, do you come down every day or do you watch from out of the kitchen window or do you have a, a way that you track them regularly? Uh, it's sort of sometimes just luck that you look out the window at um, some point, but usually when the sun's out because you can see them properly through the reeds, otherwise they're really hard to spot, but when the sun's on them they're really easy to see. Because they're quite timid, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. So you go for a walk around your swamp. They just fly away, do they? Yeah. We yeah. have, um, on the right side of our swamp, we have seen them that side and there's been heaps of water that we used to walk through but now we've stopped going there so then we can let them sort of have their space over there just to make sure that they're still happy with their surroundings, not feeling like we're trying to push them away. And you said, Riley, that Macy got a photo of two bitterns, but do you still have two? Four we've got, actually. You've got four bitterns? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so with... Well, it was a few weeks ago now, we saw four of them flying and circling and then land in the one spot. So, unfortunately, we didn't have the camera then, <laughs> but we have seen four at once, which is pretty good. That's pretty exciting. Have you seen any nests? Not nests, but we do have a few spots that they go back to that we'd like to have a look at. Um, just try not to disturb them too much when we do that. Yep, so it's mostly just looking at them from afar. Yeah. 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 And you've got some audio recorders down here. What does that mean? Do you check that every night or do you leave it for a week? How do you help with the audio recorders? Yeah, so we change the batteries and SD cards once a week and then listen to that sometimes on the computer before we send it back to bird life. But, yeah, it's normally a weekly thing. Yep. So we're sitting in your cubby overlooking... The, the swamp out here, we can hear some frogs. Do you come and kind of camp out here and try and find them during the day or come down with your friends and say, let's go and check out a bitten? Yeah, uh, we usually yeah. camp down here with our swags and the stretches and have the fire and that and stay the night and then just watch and look out for them. Yeah, and do you have them here all year? No, we don't actually, no. Um, in the summertime, they, we don't seem to find them, but definitely when the water's around. 
they're here, but when there's no water, they're not. So they're a winter. They're like yeah. your winter entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, is this the first year that you've seen them or this is the second year? How long have you been following your bitterns in the swamp? Last year we were recording them with another uh, acoustic monitor called the Audio Moth. And that was the first year that we really got in contact with bird life and recorded them. But we have been seeing them for a few years now. Yeah, and we have been hearing them for a long time because yeah. I can remember when I was little I used to listen to them at night up in our barn in our old house. So you can hear them? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Because they're called the Boom King. Mm. Yeah. It really is a booming noise? Yeah. 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 Awesome. So we might go for a little wander and... And check out an audio recorder um, and see what we can find. So this is our audio recorder. What are you doing here? So we're going to change the battery and SD card. Right, and it's just sitting on a post. Yeah. Yeah. So it's easy to access. And it records, we've got some frogs happening yeah. Here. Quite clearly. Um, does it pick up all of the noises? Yeah, it picks up the road. Yeah. You can hear trucks go past. Yeah, there was last time that we had it there was actually a domestic chicken on it. <laughs> oh Yeah. <laughs> they listed it as a domestic chicken. Yeah. So when you send in your S D card audio, do you get the transcript back so you know how often your vision is booming? Yeah. 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 So we get a full list of species that it records. Yep. Yep. So you've got one of these audio recorders here. Do you have another one on the other side of your swamp or you're going to put another one on the other side of your swamp? Yeah, so there's going to be another one set up on Kerr's Road Swamp, which is just over from ours, and then we'll manage those two because of the connection that the bitten flies between the two um, swamps. Fantastic. What a great little story about how a couple of kids curious about the noises coming from the swamp in the bottom of their garden has got them involved in a really important national recovery program. My thanks to Riley and Macy for letting me climb up in their cubby house and learn all about what they're doing as part of the Bitten Recovery Project. You can keep following the Glenelg Hopkins CMA Bitten Recovery Project on Facebook at Facebook dot com forward slash bitten recovery. Our project looks at the bitterns and protects their habitat during the winter months. In the summer months, the bitterns fly north and paddle around in the rice paddies of the New South Wales Riverina. You can follow what the bitterns get up to in the summer months by looking up the bitterns in rice project. If you're interested in what else we're up to at the CMA, there's a number of ways you can keep up to date. You can visit our website at ghcma.vic.gov.au or you can follow us on social media. On Facebook, we are Glenelg Hopkins CMA and our handles on Instagram and Twitter are ghcma. The Bitten Recovery Project is supported by the Glenelg Hopkins CMA with funding through the Australian Government's National Land Care Program. Thanks for listening.